All right, before I start the show, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, you might remember that I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, about how his company has helped thousands of people understand their bodies better through metabolism tracking. Well, MetPro just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and tailored strategy that their experts use. So you can start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to best. Now, my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up, so head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to learn more. Welcome to the Get Fit Guys, quick and dirty tips to slim down and shape up. My name is Ben Greenfield, and I'm the Get Fit Guy. In this episode, you're going to discover whether biohacking your body really works when it comes to things like fitness and muscle gain and fat loss. There's a bit of debate in the fitness industry about the efficacy of popular biohacks that supposedly allow you to achieve fitness, fat loss, or performance results faster than you would normally be able to. After all, it just doesn't seem fair that your neighbor down the street might be able to buy some fancy electrodes, a vibration training platform, an oxygen therapy device, an infrared sauna, or a bunch of supplements, and somehow be able to beat all that hard work you're doing in the gym. While I certainly don't condone the use of illegal performance-enhancing drugs or blood doping, I'll admit that in many, many cases, if you're willing to spend some money and possibly look a little bit silly, devices or training tools that allow you to hack your way to faster results have been proven by science to actually allow you to exercise less while getting the same or better results. Let's jump into a few of these biohacks. Number one is EMS. You've probably seen it before. The infomercials on TV that feature a man or woman lounging happily on the couch while some fancy electrodes stimulate their stomach into an instant six-pack. These electrode machines, also known as electrical muscle stimulation, or EMS, are becoming more and more common at online shopping websites and in fitness magazines. But isn't this too good to be true? How on earth could you actually shock yourself fit? Well, one recent study that I'll link to in the show notes over at quickanddirtytips.com slash getfitguy242 is a perfect investigation into this question. In this study, a group of subjects got 30 minutes of high-frequency electrical muscle stimulation via electrodes placed on their stomachs. They did these sessions three times per week for six weeks for a total of 18 sessions. And the researchers measured waist circumference, body mass index, or BMI, subcutaneous fat mass, that's fat found under the skin, and body fat percentage. The results were pretty surprising, especially considering that the women in this study didn't modify their exercise or diet routines at all. The electrical stimulation caused significant effects on decreasing waist circumference, abdominal obesity, subcutaneous fat mass, and body fat percentage, leading the study to note in the final results that the use of high-frequency current therapy, that's EMS, may be beneficial for reducing the levels of abdominal obesity in young women. Other studies have shown EMS to also be helpful for everything from pain management to helping increase muscle blood flow for warming up prior to performance-related activities to a host of other benefits that I discuss in my article, How to Use Electrical Muscle Stimulation to Enhance Performance, Build Power, and VO2 Max. And I'll link to that episode over at quickanddirtytips.com slash getfitguy242. The next thing I want to talk to you about is EWOT, 
Exercising while using concentrated oxygen, also known as exercise with oxygen therapy, or EWOT, involves the inhalation of high-flow oxygen, about 8 to 10 liters per minute, at an oxygen purity level of 90 to 95%. Theoretically, EWOT increases the diameter of your blood vessels and oxygenation of tissues and cells, and it's also been written about for everything from assisting in recovery from stress-related illness, preventing age-related diseases like macular degeneration, cataracts, diabetes, chronic fatigue, and fibromyalgia, helping non-healing wounds to heal faster, stimulating the immune system, assisting in weight loss, and reversing chronically low oxygen saturation of the blood. Now, I used to be under the impression that you just can't force any more oxygen into your cells than you would be able to at the normal percentage of oxygen in the air. A red blood cell carries no more than 97% oxygen, and theoretically, you can't force another 3% into the cell. This is indeed true. However, the extra oxygen you're exposed to during EWOT is absorbed by your plasma. This is what carries both your red and your white blood cells and is then pushed into cells and tissues without the actual aid of the red blood cells. This is called the law of mass action, if you want to look it up. Very little oxygen actually gets through, but if you are consistently feeding your body the extra oxygen, there is a noticeable increase in your total tissue oxygen level. Now, you can read up more on the EWOT research in a link that I'll put in the show notes, but it looks like the use of one of those fancy hyper-oxygenation masks may actually have some significant benefit on your training and your recovery. Next is saunas. Now, I've covered the benefits of wet saunas, dry saunas, and the use of heat to maximize cardiovascular blood flow and your tolerance to exercising in the heat on a few resources that I'll put in the show notes for you, including a really fascinating discussion I had with a woman named Dr. Rhonda Patrick about the use of everything from dry saunas to steam rooms to even those dorky sauna suits. Well, nowadays, I spend at least two, and based on the results of a recent Finnish longevity study, as many as five days per week in a sauna, specifically in an infrared sauna, which I've built in my home. I'm working on an article about that right now over at bengreenfieldfitness.com. Now, as the Mayo Clinic has reported, several studies have looked at using saunas in the treatment of chronic health problems like high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, and rheumatoid arthritis. And these studies have indeed found evidence of benefit. For athletes using a sauna post-exercise, those benefits can extend to being as powerful as illegal performance-enhancing drugs like EPO or blood doping, as long as you go use the sauna for at least 30 minutes once you finish your exercise session, which can be a little tough to do, I'll admit. I want to tell you about today's sponsor, the Fit Track Dara Smart Scale. FitTrack gives you in-depth insights on your fitness progress to help you reach your goals. The Dara Smart Scale measures 17 health metrics, including BMI, hydration, muscle mass, and a whole lot more, and it syncs with the free FitTrack app. So all your health insights are available, well, wherever you are. And the scale takes up to eight different users, which is something I really like about FitTrack because, well, I don't live alone and it's really nice to have those insights available to everybody in the house. Now, I like to track my muscle mass, but my partner has an eye on her hydration levels. So whatever you want to focus on, FitTrack can help you do it. So stop measuring just your weight and start measuring your health with FitTrack. Go to getfittrack.com slash fit to take 
50% off your order. Plus, for a limited time, you'll also save an additional 10%. If you go to G-E-T-F-I-T-T-R-A-C-K, that's getfittrack.com slash fit and you will save 50% plus an additional 10% off your order. So don't miss out on this amazing limited time offer and go to getfittrack.com slash fit. Now, next is vibration. During a conference I attended a few years ago, I hopped on something called a Bulletproof Vibe vibration platform. Within a few minutes, another conference attendee walked up and got me to go into a single leg standing yoga balance pose while on the platform. This massively worked my nervous system within just a couple minutes and I felt like my brain had an intense buzz after focusing, posing, and vibrating at the same time. Now, later that year, while exercising at a gym that had a vibration platform, I did several 30 to 60 second squats on the platform, followed by two to three minutes of cycling intervals on a nearby stationary bike. And the next week, I did the same protocol, but with treadmill running instead. Now, after all these sessions, I not only experienced the same brain buzz, but was able to push myself a lot harder during the cycling and running intervals. So how does this vibration thing work? Well, vibration therapy is used in universities, professional sports teams, and medical facilities around the U.S., but it was invented by Russian cosmonauts in the 1960s, and it's been shown to strengthen the immune system by pumping lymph system through the body, help to regain muscle strength and bone density, reduce recovery time, and stimulate brain function. Vibration therapy basically stimulates hormonal, cardiovascular, lymphatic, and nervous systems simultaneously. And there are a number of studies that have used vibration therapy for improving anaerobic performance, longevity, recovery, and injury resistance in endurance athletes and athletes of all levels. You can read about them in detail in the link that I'll put in the show notes over at quickanddirtytips.com slash getfitguy242. And a search of PubMed for whole body vibration yields dozens more studies on the effects of vibration on hormones, strength, and power. Now, we next get to hypoxia. Now, pick up a straw. Breathe in and out through that straw. That's called resisted breathing. Consider it to be like weight training for your lungs. Now, go for a swim. Experience what happens when you breathe every five or seven strokes instead of every one or two strokes. That's restricted breathing, which sends a message to your body that oxygen molecules are few and far between. Finally, go climb a mountain or crawl into an altitude chamber. That's hypoxic training in which the air is truly thinner and you're actually pulling less oxygen into your body. Resisted breathing, that first form of straw-based breathing that I mentioned, enhances your endurance by strengthening inspiratory and expiratory muscles, which increases something called your ventilatory capacity, which is basically your lung size. Hypoxic training not only strengthens those same respiratory muscles, but also results in improvements in oxygen uptake, transport, and utilization, production of neuroendocrine hormones that can have an anabolic training effect, increases in immune system strength, increased activities of antioxidant enzymes in your brain, your liver, your heart, and other organs, and as you'd probably guess, increased production of red blood cells, resulting in an increased oxygen-carrying capacity of your blood. Restricted breathing gives you a bit of the benefits of both resisted and hypoxic training, and restricted breathing would be something like, again, swimming with limited times that you actually breathe while swimming. Now, before I give you some practical recommendations to implement resisted breathing, restricted breathing, and hypoxic training, 
let's get something straight. Many resisted breathing devices are marketed as hypoxic training devices, but they're not simulated altitude, and they don't result in any actual hypoxic adaptations. Take, for example, altitude training masks, which seem to be pretty popular these days, and I actually use them to help with my inspiratory and expiratory muscle strength. Now, these devices don't actually decrease the percentage of oxygen in the air that you're breathing. They're simply restricting your breathing by covering up your mouth and nose. So they're good for improving, again, your lung size, your ventilatory capacity, your inspiratory and expiratory muscle strength, but they don't result in the same physiological adaptations as true hypoxic training, which would involve driving your car to the top of a high mountain, getting out and going for a run, sleeping in an altitude training tent, or using something called intermittent hypoxic training sessions to expose your body to periods of hypoxia, meaning about 9 to 14% oxygen, which you inhale through a mask. Now, it's in those type of true altitude situations that your body doesn't get as much oxygen. It makes more hemoglobin to shuttle oxygen to your muscles, and you experience many of the favorable hormonal and immune system adaptations to hypoxia. And when combined with proper breathing patterns throughout your workday and a habitual deep diaphragmatic breathing pattern, these type of hacks can be extremely efficient at improving your ventilatory capacity and your efficiency of oxygen utilization, and thus your metabolism and your physical performance. So let's summarize. I've heard the argument that by using these and many other biohacking tricks that you may somehow miss the journey of getting fit, whether you're trying to lose 20 pounds or train for an Ironman. Depending on your perspective, this could be true. For example, if I decide to visit my grandma in Florida, I could hop in the car and take a road trip across the country, taking in the sights and scenery of America rather than forking over my hard-earned cash for an afternoon airplane flight. I could also sign up for a fancy outsourced grocery delivery service rather than setting aside time in my weekly schedule to go navigate the grocery store aisle. I could take that one step further and even outsource my food prep rather than spending time in the kitchen cooking my own food. Ultimately, it depends on which parts of the journey you personally enjoy. And sure, I enjoy riding my bicycle, but if I can skip a long five-hour ride and instead compete in an Ironman by riding my bicycle inside a sauna for two hours while wearing an elevation training mask, I'll likely choose the latter since it leaves me three extra hours to hang out with my kids. Or if I know that training with a vibration training platform prior to weight training might allow me to do a couple fewer sets of squats but still gain the same amount of strength, I might choose the vibration, especially if I'm pressed for time. And as far as the cross-country road trip versus the direct flight to grandma's, well, I'd probably choose the option that lets me spend more time with grandma. But that's just me. How about you? If you have questions about whether biohacking your body works or if you have your own thoughts on biohacking your fitness or popular biohacks, then head over to facebook.com slash getfitguy and leave your thoughts over there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Again, that's facebook.com slash get fit guy. And until next time, I'm Ben Greenfield, the get fit guy asking you, what are you waiting for? Go get fit.